0: Hello, guys and girls, and welcome to episode ten of the VR Inside podcast. This is a weekly VR, AR, and MR talk show that is live streamed every Saturday on Nathie's YouTube channel. You can tune into the show live at four PM in Europe, three PM in the UK, and ten AM in Central US. If you miss the podcast, you can catch up with it every Sunday, where I upload the whole show to my own YouTube channel, Virtual Reality Oasis. Or, alternatively, if you want to listen to the audio-only version, you can check it out on Google Play Music and on iTunes. If you have any questions or comments during the show, please put them in the chat and we'll try to answer as many as we can. So, today I'm going to introduce you to everyone in the room. He is the world's first VR pole dancer, and that is Nathy. How are you doing, man? I'm
1: doing fine, man. I'm about to hit, like, 300k subscribers. VR is alive, yo! It's
2: not that! Congrats, it's not
0: that. man! I proved it. It's the hype, man. The hype is real. Congrats, man! We're yeah. we're all you're almost there. I know. That's Very close. Great. So um, he's do, He doesn't feel alive unless he's live, and that is him. Top five. <laughs> <laughs> How you doing, man? you all right? Hey,
3: Mike! Hey, everybody, yeah, good. I'll uh, give a shout out to my wife here because it's our twelfth year anniversary. So boom! Ooh, congrats! That's what we today. Wow.
0: Everyone's got a congrats so far. Who do? Yeah, yeah, well done, man. So next up, he likes to sleep in his Vive and dream of virtual worlds. And that is Austin, the Prometheus. What up? (laughs) Hey, man. (laughs) I feel like you need to tell us something exciting, like a milestone that you've got coming up, because everyone's had a congrats so far.
4: (laughs) Uh, I'll leave you to think about that. (laughs) I'm thinking about uploading a video again. Oh, well, hey. congrats, man. Yep. Oh. Yeah, I'll get behind that. I there like
0: you go. And next up, we have got the fastest YouTuber alive. He is back. The Rowdy Guy. Exactly, man. That's me. I bought a new microphone. That is
2: nice, right? Yeah, I, congrats I to you it. as well. I, I don't have it yet. I don't have it yet, <laughs> but uh, it's coming. It's coming my way. Nice.
0: <laughs> And last but not least, myself, the host of the show, Mike, the bearded bald guy from Virtual Reality Oasis. Uh, I've got a bit of flu coming on, I feel, so hopefully I can hold out for the whole show. Maybe in the chat I can get a prayer, so for each prayer, I gain one HP. Uh, So uh, You can help me. You can help me through this, guys. So in today's episode, we've got a busy show. We're going to be talking about Harry Potter Wizards Unite, which is an augmented reality game. We've got Jamie Heinman from Mythbusters. He's making his own virtual reality shoes. Uh, we're talking about how VR can help those recovering from illness and how it can assist those with disabilities. Uh, Scalpel VR, which is going to be helping surgeons in the future. Uh, a VR Guinness World Record has been broken. Uh, Moss PSVR the Samsung Odyssey, and onward on the Oculus Rift. So we've got a jam-packed show for you guys. So I hope you guys enjoy this one. We're gonna kick off the show straight away with Harry Potter AR, which is a new game called Wizards Unite. So a couple of days ago, a company called Niantic, uh, they're the the team that brought you uh, Pokemon Go, announced that it's gonna be working on an AR Harry Potter game, which will be coming to iOS and Android in 2018. So um, about five years ago, for those of you who aren't aware, uh, Niantic uh, launched a, uh, their first application called Ingress, which was an augmented reality game turning real world streets, neighbourhoods and cities into a global board game, which helped people get together and share a digital reality. So it created uh, incentives for exploration, exercise and real world social interaction and helped spawn a global community of fans united by their shared experience and laid the foundations for Niantic's real world AR gaming platform. So this then obviously led to Pokemon Go, which was complete like uh, bombshell. You know, everyone really got into it. There was loads of hype about the game. I actually got into it myself. Um, And tons of people were jumping on the platform and having loads of fun. And on the back of that, obviously, this is going to be their next title, which is Harry Potter Wizards Unite. So what do you guys think of this? Uh, Did you guys ever get into the Pokemon Go craze or are you just kind of like not interested in this at all?
3: I was hugely into Pokemon Go. I beck loved that. That was uh, that was probably one of the best kind of, like, group social things. I mean, I live out in the middle of nowhere and went down to our local mall, and there was literally, there was a dude in a Pikachu suit walking <laughs> through the mall with 250 people following him. I've not seen a parade here that size ever. And, like, to have it be Pokemon Go was like, the feck is going on, the world's collapsing. And actually, I totally took it for, uh, I kind of took it for granted, you know, like, because it was... It was a bit of a spike, and it was kind of like, ah, I'll catch the next one. You know, we'll go, we'll go with the next one, but I would have loved to kind of follow that conga line because that, that's basically what it was. It was Pokemon Go conga line <laughs> through the city. So, uh, it was good. Yeah. Liked it. Harry Potter? Uh, I, didn't- I don't know. Yeah,
2: I I, I kind of got into like Pokemon Go for like a little while, but it, it, for me it got boring pretty quickly. Uh, it was like in the beginning, like it was new and exciting, but then after that it kind of got like a little bit repetitive for me. So I kind of like lost interest uh, after like, I don't know, like a month or something. I didn't
0: even catch like a lot of them, like. <laughs> what was, um? did any of you, which, which was the favorite Pokemon that you guys caught? Do you
3: have like a standout one? Yes. Lapras. I've caught this high level Lapras out of an what was it? One of the eggs or something that, that you can hatch? Okay. So first ten kilometer egg was a lapras, and then I trained that up and like sat it down at my local gym and then got totally decimated by some like six year olds. But other than that But that's the other thing, like it was a really nicely social and I love the social aspect of vr ar all these technologies like we we made friends with people who were just out and about sitting at a stop it's like hey you're doing this too okay who are you you know and you get to know them so now like walking down the street you get to know those people they're the uh, other pokemon go x players yeah, a bit like Rowdy, like I kind of got into it within the first month
0: and then was kind of obsessed with it for a little while. And then a bit like you, I'd go down to my like local park and there there was tons of people out there like hanging out all the time. And then you get chatting to people and it's just like a, a geeks reunited sort of social event almost, you know. And then people start losing their stuff when a, like a really rare one pops up and then you see like the whole park run to the other side of the park where this, like, rare Pokemon has just spawned and everyone's trying to catch it desperately. Um, But, yeah, like, Pikachu was, like, the one that I I really wanted because he's, like, my favorite Pokemon. Um, So Mm. when I found out he was at a certain place, I was, like, jumping straight into my car, (laughs) driving down there and, like, so I could go and catch him. So I was pretty into it at one point. um, And a a couple of friends of mine are still playing it now. Like, they caught all the first-gen Pokemons, and now I think they're on to second-gen now. Uh, so they're, they're trying to go through those but what i did think was funny was there was some specific to certain regions in the world so you couldn't actually get them unless you like had to travel overseas <laughs> um yeah yeah but i guess i guess one day they might implement some sort of trading mechanic so you can maybe swap with someone that you you know that is from yeah. those regions and then you can have them all that way uh, but with this Harry Potter one, uh, my wife is going to be obsessed with this game because I, I've probably mentioned it on a previous show, but my wife is absolutely obsessed with Harry Potter. She loves it to death. Like, she, we literally have the audiobooks on loop in our house. Like, that's how obsessed she is. She's been to like the, the London tour like maybe five or six times now. And then when we went to um, Florida and we went to Disney, obviously they've got Harry Potter World there, so we spent a lot of time there. Um, so she's going to absolutely love this. And I think, uh, I'm probably going to be waving goodbye to her and I'll probably see her in a couple of months time after she's kind of like gathered all the spells and taken all the other wizards out locally. So, um, yeah, if you're, if you're local to us, you're going to be, you're going to be have to be careful because my wife's going to be coming after you. <laughs> what, what platform is this going to be on Mike? I didn't catch that. So it's going to be mobile. So, uh, iOS and Android is going to be the platforms. Okay. Uh, and it's called, uh, Harry Potter wizards unite. Um, so apparently a uh, player going to be uh, learning how to um, cast spells, explore the real world and neighborhoods and cities to discover and fight legendary beasts and team up with others to take down powerful enemies. So it sounds oh. kind of cool. The, I mean, the, the
2: reason why we're discussing is, of course, it's not because it's Harry Potter or because it's Pokemon, but because they have AR in the title, right? That's but right. Do you guys really, really see this as AR? Is this what you, I mean, it, technically, I guess it is augmented yeah. reality, because I mean, it's like, I mean, with like Pokemon an Go overlay,
1: kind of. I mean, with Pokemon Go, no one was really using the AR functions, to be honest. Like, it, it was draining yeah. your phone, so people weren't using <laughs> it. I but was, was, I like, loved
3: it, and I bitched at my wife until I was blue in the face. I'm like, you gotta use it, it's so much better. Yeah. It takes more skill. Curve those balls, damn it! You yeah. know, but um, I actually think that augmented reality, I never played the game but there was a game, maybe some of you will know it where like zombies were chasing after you and you held yeah. your phone up and you'd move it around and you'd be like, like ah, it's coming after me so you'd have to leg it but then some kids I think in the States ran out in the street and got killed by a truck, like I mean wow. there are disadvantages to AR titles that you got to be careful about, but um, recently I saw some cool AR games to back, I suppose Rowdy, to to your question right, like is this is this something that, that really is going to it really bites like why do we care about it right but like to see a tabletop turned into like a chessboard you know with like tanks rolling across it when you've got a tablet up here or something or or there was another one where like literally there was a a dead body laid out in front of you and you'd have to walk around and inspect it from different angles Mm -hmm. i can't remember the name of it now but um it's still in early alpha but it was kind of neat to be able to have to find different pieces on this corpse that was laid out in front of you and actually inspect, like, what was the cause of trauma. And I've seen this mechanic in other games, but not through AR. And so, even though it's, like, entry-level AR, in other words, you're not like, you know, it's not like a HoloLens. It's not, you look around, and it's in your your world, like Pikachu's popping out of your bin, you know, to the right. That's not like that. Uh, it, it's still really mean. impressive. But the mm-hmm. big question, and a lot of game studios say, well, how, you know, how do I actually give a full-length title in AR? It's not easy. I mean, even Pokemon Go is very bite-sized. You
2: know, yeah, so. the, the thing for me is, I mean, what you describe as well, like if you have a table in front of you, you can walk around it. But I didn't really get that from that Pokemon game back then because it was more like an overlay over the over yeah. the thing. And once I started like walking around, it, it, I couldn't walk around the Pokemon or something. Yeah, yeah you're
3: right. It's faked it, it, AR. It, it was right? just
2: fixed on your screen and yeah. It, it, yeah. For me, that didn't really feel like augmented reality. It was more like an overlay over my over my
0: phone. Yeah, and it's like Nathie said, you know, a lot of people turned off the AR function, and I actually did that myself because, like you say, it was draining my battery. And I know a lot of people were, like, were buying up battery packs like there was no tomorrow because they were obsessed with this game. Uh, So it'll be interesting to see how Niantic uh, implement AR in this one, whether it'll be very similar or whether it'll be something different. But like you say, Rowdy, about AR, like... The thing is, with AR on mobile, I get what Apple are doing right now because they're pushing AR big time, but it is just like looking through a small window um, and having something projected, overlaid onto your real world until that kind of is right up in my face and yeah. a bit like HoloLens or you know something similar where I'm just naturally looking around and things are then augmented reality jumping up and down in, in my uh, real-world environment. Then yeah. I'm not going to be that interested in it, but it's just... It is like an AR application, so I thought it sort of deserved a mention on the show. Yeah, no, idea. Yeah, it, sa- it sounds definitely. cool. I- I'm really curious what it's going to be and-, and how you
1: team up with other people. Like, what kind of, mm. like, do you really need someone else to beat uh, a certain beast? Or do you-, do you need to find someone in a certain area because they got, like, they are, like, having a special or, you know what I mean? Like, special powers or special spells that... That's the person you need and and you need to go all the way to the other side of the town to ask that person, like, hey, uh, I need to go there now and uh, hey, maybe you want to team up with me. So, like, maybe this is, like, even better than Pokemon Go where friendships are even, like, more because you didn't really need it anyone else. Yeah. Pokemon Go. Yeah, you
0: could ask for advice, but now you need to play with other people. Otherwise, you will not be able Mm. to win that right. would be interesting like especially like you say they could use the houses almost as a team dynamic so almost like you had to team up with other Slytherins or other Hufflepuffs to take yeah. down
3: a certain creature together like that would actually <laughs> be pretty cool <laughs> sorry I'm mean, like your wife and I are on opposite ends of the Harry Potter spectrum I gotta say you oh, know? I, I fell as, I've fallen asleep twice in that first film and like <laughs> wow. I I have never fallen asleep in another movie <laughs> like, yeah. that was that's, that's the level I didn't read the books either but I did you know I I appreciate what's there and people have told me like read the books. Don't yeah. don't don't judge a book by its movie cover. <laughs> or or yeah. play the Lego game of Harry Potter. Yeah, that is amazing. My Those wife ones... loves that too. Yeah. yeah. So, but I was going to say this has a really nice parallel um in some other news that splashed out this week that I found quite interesting as an Apple shareholder that they have confirmed that they're working on a separate distinct operating system other than iOS. Um, And a successor product to the iPhone that will be an AR, what sounds like, an AR headset that's standalone. Um, And apparently that, in its demo form, will be available in 2019 with a consumer release as early as 2020. So we're looking at two, two and a half years from Apple. I've been waiting for Apple to make any kind of comment because they've been patenting up and buying companies like MAD. And you know they've been tinkering in the background. But like Apple do, they're trying to leapfrog everybody else, so... Yeah. Yeah. AR is interesting, and this 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 Harry Potter game is is like another stepping stone, isn't it? You know, you, we we had the big craze last summer. I was surprised there wasn't a copycat this summer. Obviously, um, yeah. Pokemon they they did like series two Pokemon or something like that. Like they tried mm-hmm. to you know capitalize on that again. Yeah. but I'm I'm kind of surprised that no one else jumped in there. You know, I, I think it's, it's just
0: I think it's just such a huge undertaking because like Niantic basically mm-hmm. turned the world into a playground, and the amount of work, I can't even imagine the amount of work that was involved in that. Um, So I I guess... It was based on, it was actually
3: based on a predecessor game. Right. Um, Do you know the the Google game? What was that called? Um, Anyone else know what I'm talking about? Is it Ingress? Is that what you're talking about? Ingress, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So all the data points and everything from Ingress, they basically just did copy-paste, Yeah, yeah. you know, and then just laid another game world over it, which was very smart. Yeah,
2: yeah. Of course. Yeah, so yeah. that would be become... that's basically what the, what they did with the Pokemon games as well. Eh? The original Pokemon games, there were also like concepts that existed already for a long time yeah. before that, but they just used the franchise and made it more popular. Yeah, yeah smart. Yeah, but Pokemon yeah. Go just totally fits into that
1: whole gameplay style around the world. You know, mm-hmm. like Harry Potter is a little different, of course. Yeah, uh, joining up with other people, cool. But with Pokemon Go, it was like really you are a person that is out in the open trying to find. You sell a Pokemon, you know, it Mm. totally, like, it could
0: happen in real life, pretty much. I think that's the way I see some of the benefits of, of, of experiences like this, is that it does... Make you go outside. So if you're a bit of like a VR <laughs> nut like we are, like stuck in our little schmeagle caves and don't yeah. ever leave, then this <laughs> is kind of pushing you to go outside and actually get some sun on that face of yours, uh, and, and get some exercise, which is is important in life. Yeah. So uh, I do admire that that aspect of it gets you out, interacting with other people, and out into the real world. So yeah. that's kind of that's kind of nice. Being a wizard in real life. Be a wizard. You're a wizard, Rowdy. <laughs> um, yeah so moving on from uh, Harry Potter we want to talk about another hardware thing that's coming so we tend to have a bit of a hardware discussion at the beginning of our shows just recently so this is going to be no different so this is going to be VR shoes <laughs> so Jamie Heineman, uh, the guy from Mythbusters you may know this guy or may not he's a bit of a crazy inventor guy and uh, he is looking to sort of solve the problems of locomotion in the real world whilst we're experiencing virtual reality games and experiences. So we've had uh, devices in the past like the Omni, other treadmills, harnesses and all sorts of other bits and pieces but they all seem to be big and bulky and are going to literally take up a room in your house. So what this guy Jamie Hindman's come up with is an idea to produce some virtual reality shoes. Now, they've kind of got like a, a track, like almost like a tank track in, uh, in, in the, the base of the shoe. And uh, the movement and everything else will be in the shoe itself. So that's what he's looking to do. What do you guys think of that? Well, first of all, I think Rowdy told me, like, he's not the one that is
1: uh, that invented this, right? He's more like a, like a promotion kind of thing, where he's like, you know... Mm-hmm. It's oh, nice. he's the face of it, is what you're saying. Yeah, he's like the face yeah. of it. I think so so. It's, I first yeah, also I mean, thought he, that he like
2: he's working on it now. Of course, he's working yeah. on it now. But uh, the ID basically comes from someone else who's been working on it, I think. And I, if you look, because they have on their uh, Kickstarter or the Indiegogo page, they have like a, a timeline of like you know how, how the project is coming to fruition. And you see basically there's like someone else who kind of like started this, and they met up and they talked about this ID. And then I think that they're, they're kind of like trying to like also use him as a, as a phase, of course, to like get this a little bit more. Pro- I'm sure that he's behind it. I mean, otherwise you wouldn't do this uh, knowing him. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, it, I don't, I don't, yeah, go ahead.
0: It's interesting because um, this is not like a traditional Kickstarter thing. This is like, a, like you say, it's on Indiegogo. And uh, he's looking to raise uh, $50,000. To just do the development, the background development. Like, you, you don't kickstart this. Like, you don't put money in and then you get a pair at the end of it. What he's no. doing is mm-hmm. selling. His... You get a survival kit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this, this, this is what I was going to get. Heinemann's survival pack. So, this, this is why it's super strange for me. And, like, I, I kind of laughed when I read through this. But essentially, what you're backing or what you're paying for, you're paying $75 for a Jamie Heinemann survival kit, which will then fund the background development for these VR shoes so that just doesn't make yeah. any real sense to me but this is kind of how he's going down the down the line with this one so uh, i got the i got the uh, the timeline on the
2: on the stream right now so you can see the 1987 uh, jamie himself he bolted some drill motors on the back of ro- ro- rollerblades and i think i even did like an episode in the, in the show uh, where they did that as well tried to make like those rocket shoes But, I mean, that's not really the the same kind of thing. And then in 2010, so that's a a long time later, they uh, actually meet up with another designer, Edmund, uh, who is a multiple uh, award-winning products uh, designer, and they start uh, joining uh, work there. So, I mean it is a two two person project than on this one yeah
0: but I get, I get like i understand kickstarters because you're backing something and you're going to get that product at the end of it i kind of understand that you know with the PyMax, yeah. you back it you get it at the end but this you're buying a survival kit to fund a vr shoe development <laughs> i just don't Well, understand. to be
3: fair i mean to be fair to kickstarters right um a lot of the pa- a lot of the passion and the ideation there is is basically let's let's pay for and fund you know, let's let's pay and fund the idea because I want yeah. the idea to come out. I mean, to be fair, the riff wouldn't be here if people didn't back it, thinking thirty percent chance that I'm actually going to get something at the end of this, right? That's that's Kickstarter people know yeah. you don't always see success at the end of it. so I don't I don't see that wrong and it's a little bit hooky the way he's set it up with his partner. But I like the idea. Uh, when I when I first saw it, I thought, thank God, someone who's not doing another frictionless treadmill, Because for those who've tried it, I have, Nathan probably has, some of you guys might have as well, they're, they're, they're not great, right? They do not feel good to use. They feel really weird to kind of be like sliding in the same place. I mean, it's just, it's not something a gamer would be happy with. And so we need to keep looking for new technology. So honestly, I welcome the fact that they've taken the jump, even if it is, you know, Jamie putting the face on to another product designer. Fine, you know, yeah, I think I think you'll probably get enough, that money because fifty thousand is not that much. Yeah. No, I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a hardware kind of guy, and I definitely don't
2: don't know a lot about like artificial intelligence and that kind of stuff. Um, but I do have like some. If you look at the design of the shoe, there's like some weird things about it because if you, if you look at like the human foot, it's a mm. very very complex kind of thing. It's not mm. just we don't just simply walk forward. We don't have like just one form of movement that we go forward but there's a lot of like friction points and a lot of like stability points and i wonder how like a, a shoe with like rollers i mean everyone who's been on rollers for the first time kind of knows how it is to be in rollers for the first time it's yeah. hard to keep your balance yeah uh, and you mean like roller more, skates or yeah yeah yeah, yeah definitely yeah. And so I, I it's not really i don't see i mean i i haven't tried it i don't know it but i'm not so convinced that this is going to be like a more natural way of moving compared to those frictionless uh, uh, surfaces. I don't know, um, yeah. as the design is at, at the moment, of course, as a prototype. But uh, maybe this is the best yet, we
1: have seen so far. I mean, I haven't seen that many interesting stuff in the way you move. So, I mean, yeah, let no. them try and see. I mean, like the whole locomotion thing still hasn't been figured out yet, clearly. So. No, 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 uh,
2: definitely. Yeah, I don't know. But he
3: he actually called out one of the I think the most important points in terms of the design of the shoe itself. So the mechanism itself. If 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 you if you've been watching uh, on screen or if you're listening, I'll just translate here. So it's kind of like moonwalking. The whole concept is like as you step forward, it's actually stepping you back. And if you think about the, the 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 gizmos underneath you, are going to have to bear all of that human weight. You know that might range from 100 pounds to like 300 pounds. I mean, whatever this, you're gonna have to take a full human on that gearing mechanism and then last what three years how long would you want to put a guarantee on one of these things so i'm definitely nervous for the project i think it's got some really hard that you know challenges to overcome Mm -hmm. and i think that if the dreamers out there want to see it happen and like me don't believe at all in the frictionless stuff then Mm -hmm. you know fund it but otherwise (laughs) it's, it's one of those things right i mean it's, it's another stepping stone, the way I see it. I, I doubt that this is the end state, but I'm glad they're thinking out of the box.
2: Yeah, I agree. I agree with that. I agree with that. Because also, I mean, you're going to be jumping. You're, going to be, you're not just <laughs> going to be walking forward. You're going to be turning. You know, you, you don't want people breaking their ankles, of course. Huh? And the same for the frictionless uh, surfaces, huh? which are, are, uh, are slippery,
0: slippery Roush. slides. Huh? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, yeah, I agree true. that, you know, I don't think uh, treadmills are probably the future. Something like this is probably more likely what we're eventually going to end up with. So, I, like you say, it's a nice step in the right direction. Um,
3: yeah. But right now, Good question. go on. Sorry, Mike. Uh, just an offshoot here. Sorry to interrupt you. Um, in terms of surfaces that you each use for VRing, do you guys use like a sectioned off area carpet or anything that you stand on? Or do you just stand on a floor? I'm curious because I've, I've kind of tried both. And for me, like, having an area, like when you're demoing, like when we were demoing at Oculus Connect, stepping off of something kind of feels like falling off a cliff sometimes. And I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing, but I'm curious what your guys' opinions are of that and what you use at home. Uh. Okay, so, like, uh, I'm
0: working on something at the moment, uh, spoiler, um, where I may have a new area to do some VR content in. And uh, I've invested in some foam floor panels, like interlocking floor panels. Uh, I think they're Mm -hmm. the same ones that probably Bro has got uh, for his green room. Uh, But yeah, like you say, they're probably about an inch off the floor. So that's kind of my future um, way of doing it. But yeah, like you say, I did think in my mind when I was looking at it, stepping off this is gonna feel very, very strange. and it might make me think I'm falling in a way, so uh, that'll be interesting. But yeah, I, I like the idea of having uh, something that feels different when you're on it to distinguish whether you're going out of your boundaries or not. I, I like that idea.
2: Good. Uh, I, for one, I don't. Uh, I mean, I recently smashed a ring light, so you probably shouldn't <laughs> be listening to me. But uh, I, I, I just do it on my on my plain floor here, just plain floor. Yeah. Yeah, I think it depends.
1: Like I, I've been using. Uh... A rock for a while but then I was like yeah I don't know about it you know it was for like for me it was like for two reasons for yeah not stepping up it also for not getting cold feet plus it looks nice on camera yeah. as well let's be honest um so I mean I tried it but the only I, I think the only really useful thing about like having one is when you do for example the sonic VR thing where you start <laughs> just walking while you need to jog at one place because then you know you never you know but that that's the only thing i noticed that if i got one laying on the floor then i'm not going anywhere pretty much well if you get too immersed in a way uh then that's gonna save you as an extra next to like the
2: boundaries you have Mm. but for me as well with the sonic vr i was like uh off the screen like for like yeah i think 75 percent of my video (laughs) yeah that's it that's why i put like a little blanket on the floor taping it
1: in the middle, mm-hmm. so I knew I was staying on there, but even then it was hard to stay on there because you kept on walking next to it. So let's say for jogging things where you kinda need to do like the fake walking, yeah. it's it's perfect. But I mean, yeah, again, if you don't want to have cold
3: hobbit feet, then it's very nice. <laughs> that that leads on to a, just a quick second question. Shoes or no shoes? Do any of you actually VR in shoes? Uh... Sometimes. I sometimes no, do that. Never tried right that. I find it's dangerous. Yeah. Like you can wreck your equipment if you use shoes and you can't feel that cable that you just stepped on. Yeah. No, I agree. Yeah. I, I don't wear shoes. I,
2: shoes. I, I do. I, I mean, it also depends, of course, on the game that I'm playing. If I'm if I'm playing something that is more standing, then I probably won't I won't uh, take off my shoes. Of course, if I'm gonna be like uh, playing something like I don't know, like onward or Pavlov or something where I'm gonna be like you know doing a lot more movements and turning around and that kind of stuff. I'll probably take off my
0: shoes. I mostly okay. do it on socks anyway. Yeah. 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 All right, cool. So there we have it. What about you, bro? Like you've got those like foam padded floor tiles, right?
4: Yeah, I use the foam pads and uh I, I don't know. I like being able to feel if I step off of it because then I'll know like all right, I'm getting too close to this side or whatever. So I'd say other than the fact that it's a green screen, the one thing that I really like is being able to locate myself a little bit better. Yeah. Cuz mm-hmm. you can't always like just trust where you instinctually think you are you know Mm -hmm. yeah
0: yeah that's right and you you actually smashed your ring light did you say Rowdy uh yeah yeah I did (laughs) it it was it was really I almost
2: smashed everything the camera the ring light (laughs) (laughs) how tell us how what were you doing Uh, well I was I was I mean a lot of people have been asking me to finish a lone echo and I've been slacking on that part a little bit because I haven't been able, because there's so many games coming out, I want to show so much stuff. So I was like, oh, let me just like boot up Lone Echo real quick. And uh, I started the game and I was playing, but I didn't do my setup as properly as I normally do it. Like I made sure that my table is far, far back enough. I, I, I make sure that the camera is out of my reach. So I was like, i oh, will be fine. It's only Lone Echo, you know, it's not like I'm like, you know, playing like a crazy, like crazy God game. Or but something, what, what, yeah. you, what you do do in Lone Echo is, a lot, is you, you grab a lot of things. And all of a sudden there was this thing like flying by and I was like swoop and I felt me hitting something and I was like, what was that? And I took off my headset and I saw my camera go like, and I managed to catch my camera still. It still switched oh. off, but uh, I mean, I managed to catch it, but my ring light went like off the table and it just like uh, sparks with everywhere. And uh, it was wow. over. over and over and wow. with. Yeah.
3: So there you go. If you go. have that recording, Rowdy, because I would want to see that. <laughs> actually, I cut that part out. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> you need to do this yeah. on a blooper, trust me.
2: The, the, I... the thing is, like, you see my camera go, like, and then it's, like, blackness.
3: <laughs> yeah, but that, you'd be surprised, because, like, like uh, my wife convinced me a few times to kind of take take clips, actually, more of my more popular stuff, when it's been accidents like that. Like, I was in mm. selfie tennis in my room, and I've got a, a naked bulb hanging. And it's, yeah. the, it's the it's the nasty kind. So as I was, like, serving, serving higher, serving higher, and then clocked it, and it smashed. I mean, glass went everywhere in my room. And this is the stuff with, like, the lead in, inside it. Wow. So you're supposed to air the space out for, like, three days. I was finding little bits of this around my room for easily three months after. Wow.
2: I mean, I often played, like, multiplayer games with nati when I was uh, um, in the beginning of my YouTube channel. And I had this, like, big... Chandelier above me. There's still like videos of me like playing Gorn and stuff like that, and you just see me like hitting it like, and it was you can see almost every video started to like go like lower and lower because I even smacked it out of its um, out of its joints in the, wow. the of the ceiling. Yeah, that is the hilarious. Is
0: yeah, <laughs> so you got to be careful, and maybe these shoes will help, maybe they won't, but. Who knows? We'll find out. If you want to back this project and get yourself a Jamie Hyman survival kit, you know, if the end of the world happens, you've got to be prepared, right? So you get a space blanket, a first aid kit, a flask, duct tape, multi-tool, torch, and more importantly, an axe. So all this comes in a lovely box for the low, low price of $75, and you can back the development of these VR shoes by buying one of these survival kits. So uh, we're not quite there yet where you've got like a giant hamster ball in a room. That's kind of what I want. A big giant that's hamster ball right. that I can just run all day all on. Exactly. go to my little pipette of water and <laughs> and then uh, or, jump back in my or, ball. Or,
2: or, or, There's something else that's really cool. It's where you have like those, uh, those ro- you, you've probably seen them all, like those robots where you can like, um, you need to step in and they give like feedback to your mm. feet. So you yeah. can like walk upstairs and it feels like you're walking upstairs. You haven't seen that, Zim?
3: No, I've not seen that. So uh, is it like I, a I,
2: boot? no no it's like a full like it's, it's like a suit basically that you're in like
3: oh like, like avatar fully, like you're, you're like going into like a goliath or something you know. and clunking in yeah, and yeah. yeah. yeah
2: it, it costs like probably like yeah, i don't know like a million dollars or something <laughs> yeah, and it only works with like two games or whatever yeah. but yeah it's it, it looks really cool i don't even think it's been fully developed uh, the, probably the technology isn't there fully
3: but that that looks really cool yeah, yeah. I, I'll look up we should channel this another time because there's there's also a cycling one Um, where you can cycle in VR and there's an app and it goes connected. So there's a few of these like channeled specific controller with a game and then usually the software side is quite weak. I mean, I would even categorize something like Farpoint with the PSVR aim controller in that category but being one of the stronger offerings, you know? But like when you you, you need to spend quite a bit on the hardware to then reap the kind of software benefit. I see I
2: see that Road to VR did, uh, did a featuring on it. It's called the Axon VR haptic exoskeleton. Wow. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> that is crazy, that is crazy. How much is that thing gonna cost? It's gonna cost tens of thousands, right? Probably. I have no idea. I have absolutely Isn't like no idea. like light VR the one that is kind of like going into
1: the consumer market now? Because I did see them packing a few boxes already to people. Um, I'm not sure who those people are and what what, what they like, what their jobs are, but uh, yeah, I don't know. I have the feeling yeah. that that we are getting close to
3: like simple, like uh, suits you can wear in a way. Like VR. yeah, agree. We're not agree. We're, I, and I I'll go into it. I'll, I'll do one. I don't know about you guys, but I'm I'm yeah. all for tactile. I mean, I get I have as much tactile as I can possibly get my hands yeah, on. Yeah, it really does enhance the VR experience. Yeah, having read the book uh, Ready Player One. You know, you really sort of dream of
0: that fully haptic suit, suiting up and jumping into your immersion rig and getting into uh, the Oasis. Uh, But yeah, so um, moving on now to how VR can help those recovering from illness and how it can assist those with disabilities. Now, this is like a really interesting topic. And, you know, we normally talk about games, but I just kind of wanted to touch on like how VR can help other industries because there's so many other industries that are adopting VR right now. So uh, I watched a short documentary by University Libraries uh, called Walking with Reality. Uh, I'd definitely go and check it out. It's only like five minutes long, but it's a really touching story uh, about a guy called Evan, who's a musical major at the University of Nevada. Now, Evan is confined to a wheelchair and he has this friend at the university called Harry. Um, And Harry kind of uh, is kind of a bit of a free spirit kind of guy. And he likes to go to this annual festival called Burning Man. Now, you may or may not have heard of Burning Man, but it's like an annual festival that happens in uh, Black Rock City, which is in Nevada. And it's the kind of place where you can be a free spirit and and people kind of accept you for who you are rather than what you have. So it's kind of like this really nice vibe going on there. So uh, Harry would go to these festivals every year and come back and tell Evan. Obviously, Evan's like a, a musical major, so he's very interested in this kind of world. Uh, and he, he, because he's confined to a wheelchair, it wouldn't stop him from going to it just because he's in a wheelchair, but he also suffers from asthma. So obviously, with Burning Man yeah. being in the desert, which is like you know what nevada is all about it just wasn't possible for him to go to this burning man festival and he was kind of upset about that so his buddy harry uh, with the help of a-, a friend michelle made it possible for evan to experience burning man by recording a 360 video from the festival and play it back to evan wearing a htc vive now it's it's a really emotional and powerful video to watch because when Evan eventually puts the headset on and he looks around for the first time and he's actually at the festival and experiencing what it's all about, he gets really emotional and like you know tears start rolling down his face and he's just completely amazed by this world that he's been transported to um, away from his chair that he's 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 in. Um, And he also got to experience uh, a skiing thing like at Lake Tahoe, which is like this beautiful skiing uh, scene. And uh, he remembered uh, a memory of when he was a younger child and was able to ski back then. And again, just like really powerful, emotional uh, scene when he's like really uh, amazed by the power of VR. And afterwards, Evan was very sort of like uh, he was talking about how VR has has even for a short period of time taken him out of his Uh, wheelchair that he's confined to and sort of give him this sense of freedom all of a sudden and uh, he really sort of believes that the power of VR can help people with disabilities in the future Um, and it was really really touching and and a really cool little documentary to watch so I definitely recommend uh, going and checking it out and I'll I'll say what it's called again it was made by uh, University Libraries was the channel that you can check it out on and the actual documentary title is called Walking With Reality Um, but what do you guys think of this, you know, VR being used for people that are confined to wheelchairs or recovering illnesses or disabilities Uh, because I think it's got some great potential there
2: yeah, I, I'm also like really quickly in between. I'm uh, showing like the the video uh, for the for the stream to see. So uh, mm-hmm. then maybe we can get some input from the chat on that as well to see yeah. the possibilities of VR outside of uh, outside of gaming. But yeah, I mean, you 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 guys all know like what what my kind of feel is in like the the real world. Let's say I mean I, I am a neuroscientist and I I work a lot with this with this kind of stuff uh, and also in conferences. So we see that VR is being used like a, a tremendous amount. Uh, but it, the potential of it is is huge i mean it can be not only for people with like physical and mental disabilities but also for like uh, uh, people who have like some kind of traumatic disorders yeah. post traumatic stress disorder uh, anxiety there's so many possibilities for vr to have a very very strong place in uh, for people with uh, obsessive compulsive disorder to 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 have like that That kind of technology uh, I, I can see that being used in like hospitals in a, in a very very short time and in psychological centers, psychiatry um prisons uh, there's so many possibilities for this uh, for this kind of technology outside of
3: the world of gaming yeah absolutely hundred percent i mean i one of my first back in 2014 one of my first um social engagements was with elite dangerous, and we connected with a dude who was he was living in Colorado, um, veteran, you know, uh, PTSD sufferer. And he said, guys, like, I'm a bit, you, you know, you knew he was a bit socially cut off, right? But he was like, I got this headset. I fucking hate the people around me, right? <laughs> my world sucks, right? And he said, but I can step in here and connect with people I like. You know, and that's, that's everything to me. Like, that was, and to me, that message hit, hit home. Uh, like you, a little bit rowdy. So I, my first kind of professional job. Was, uh, was as a hospital porter. So I, you know, I was involved with a lot of traumatic stuff in that environment, watching people you know, go for amputations, watching sick kids, uh, watching people die. You know, I used to shelve bodies and things like that, kind of an exciting job. Um, but the applicability to that in hospital environments, it makes me mad that people don't have it yet. Because when you see this emergent technology, and it's out there, and someone's stuck in a hospital, hundreds of thousands of people are stuck in hospital right now don't have access to this technology. And it could help yeah. immensely. That feeling of being cut off from the world, isolated from family, not able to do your job. I mean, it could seriously have, a, have an, an impact here. So, yeah, I
0: love it. Yeah, totally. It's amazing. And, and talking about the hospital environment as well, like I actually watched a video whilst I was doing research for the show, and it was where VR was being used, where a patient was actually being operated on right so this is like uh jesus yeah 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 so the 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 patient actually had a vr headset on and they were saying that with the headset on they could use a local anesthetic rather than a general anesthetic so the difference obviously is with a local you know you're still conscious at the time of the operation um but a a general anesthetic you're completely unconscious so you don't know what's going on uh because there's risks involved in in using a, a general anesthetic so they were saying that there was less risk involved when they used a local one and then put the patient in a VR headset so they were kind of immersed in another world and not thinking about what was actually happening to them, uh, that they could conduct the operation in a safer way with less risk involved. And I thought that was pretty interesting as well. It was quite exciting. Yeah, and also actually
2: from like, if you look at from like uh, the other side, I mean, people, especially because I work a lot with like psychological disorders and psychiatric disorders, um, to have people who are completely healthy experience what it's like mm. in a way to be autistic to be deaf to be blind to be having tunnel vision to be having ptsd these are depression these are all things that you can now simulate in a, in a, in a vr world to make people more understand what it's like that some people are exper- experiencing on a, on a daily basis so also in terms of like increasing awareness i think that uh, vr is a, is a is a very very strong feature
0: yeah, that's yeah. incredible. I've never, I never considered that way. Uh, you know, being able to open someone else's yeah. eyes up, you know, to what it is like to experience something like that.
4: Yeah, yeah. that's, that's yeah.
0: really interesting. And also, like the way I kind of think about the future, and I always kind of think about uh, like um, homes for the elderly. You know, in a way, especially people that suffer from Alzheimer's or dementia. Like we've probably all had loved ones, you know, elderly loved ones that have that have fallen to this like awful illness. But they sort of tend to lose their short-term memory, but you know can rem- remember sometimes uh, things in the past. But if you could transport them to a time where they remember, uh, or, or like a tranquil beach, or, or something like that, and surround them with things that they maybe had when they were growing up, like musical references, or TV trailers, or uh, food items that were available back then, or you know, recreate streets that they used to live on. Then that could maybe make them more comfortable and relaxed in a way um, that they'd be happier in these environments.
3: Um, yeah. So, that actually go another step? Right? Roller coasters, T. Rex about to eat you, <laughs> you know, alien on a spaceship. I'm not joking. Right. When you're frustrated that your body's failing you, being able to escape from that and say, I want to do something extreme, mm. you know, put my 90 year old granddad into a porn scene, whatever. Right. Like <laughs> you got to really, really, really enjoy that, that kind of material because it's mm. freeing. Mm-hmm. Mm. And that's in the end what age, you yeah. know, unfortunately takes away from you.
2: Yeah. That, that's basically what all of us do as well. When we play games and we, we kind of like want to escape uh, from, uh, from, you know, the daily drag or, like, the, uh, the, the work or, like, uh, troubles at home or whatever. I think that's a, a very, very strong feature for, for VR indeed.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I hope that when I'm old enough to go into a care home that they have this, just so I can just get plugged into the Matrix, just plug me in, <laughs> and then I'll be happy for forever then and, you know, until I'm ready to, to shuffle off. Um, mm-hmm. But I don't know if, you've, uh, if any of you guys have seen the TV show Black Mirror uh, by Charlie uh, Brooker. Uh, it's one of my favorite TV shows. Like, if you haven't checked out Black Mirror, you should definitely check it out on Netflix. It's all about kind of like the dark side of technology. Um, but it's got this amazing episode, which is my favorite episode, called the San Junipino episode. And I won't mm-hmm. spoil it, but it's basically all about, like, this exactly what we're talking about now. Is that, like, kind of when you're older and or you're really sick and you're confined to a hospital or a care mm-hmm. home, that you can still live your life but in a virtual world so you know you can you can change your avatar to be a younger version of yourself and relive like some really great experiences from your lifetime but in a virtual world and it's a really really great episode and it's a really great show so i definitely urge you to check it out it's called black mirror and it's uh, available on netflix probably worth
3: reflecting as well on any content that you guys have had in this space that you think was particularly good whether it be health education or something along the lines of putting yourself in the shoes of someone else. There was actually, can't remember the name now, there's a new title coming out about, it's basically PTSD simulation, Um, and I will, I'll pull the name a little bit later, maybe we can talk about it next week, uh, if if I can pick it up. I think it started with an R, but I can't remember it now. But it, actually, the thing that you said, Rowdy, made me think, how long will it be before we have someone who's lived enough time? And those of you guys, you'll know, like, you form memories when you're in VR. It's not as if, like you're super aware of your environment at that time. The memories you're forming are what you're experiencing live, if you're in Onward or whatever, which we'll talk about later. I wonder how long it's going to be before someone experiences the effects of PTSD from a virtualized environment that's around them. I'll bet you that will yeah, happen definitely. at some point.
2: Uh, definitely. I mean, the, the more realistic it gets, uh, you know, the the more troubles it will bring as well. But I still think that the, the amount of benefit outweighs uh, any kind of uh, i mean I, I still i still don't think that's it's the same thing to be shooting someone in a virtual world than it is uh, to be shooting someone in the real world and also the the amount of impact that you receive from being at a scene like that is also uh, tremendously different because i mean a large, a large thing associated by, with the PTSD is, of course, the stress that you, that you receive during that time that you're there. And I don't think that most people playing Onward are uh, extremely stressed or afraid to die. Um, I, I hope. <laughs> but, uh, I, I mean, no, it's, it is a point that should be, should be brought to his attention. And mentioning about TV shows, we had that uh, TV show not that long ago um, where they had to, like, this entire virtual world. I forgot the name of it. Uh, where you could like go into and you could like do whatever you want you could kill, kill all the inhabitants you could uh, sleep with all the women there um i i forgot how it was called now but it was uh quite, are you talking uh, about uh, westworld
0: uh, yes exactly it's all oh, right, yeah, it's westworld. right yeah. yeah 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 and then yeah that was like uh, people paying to go on this holiday where they there was no boundaries and they were in a, a western environment uh and like yeah. you say they could just sleep with whoever they wanted to, kill whoever they wanted to, with zero consequences, and it really... Yeah. S- Sign me up! <laughs> <laughs> I'll do it! But it really showed <laughs> off, like, show. the dark side of people's uh, nature. You know, all yeah. of a sudden, because they've got all this freedom, and no consequences, well, they, they really tap into their dark side of their personalities, and it comes out, and it's a very well, interesting I mean, show. I mean, I mean,
2: technically, we all do. I mean, the, f- the most fun thing about playing a game together is killing each other and shooting each other in the face in a way, you know? That's, mm-hmm. It's kind of like, yeah, I don't know, It's uh, humans are weird. <laughs> humans are weird. Yeah. But yeah.
1: I, I think I like one of the reasons why VR healthcare isn't like something happening that much yet is because uh, my brother has been doing some research on this. So let's say if you got like a serious psychological problem, then you can't just like if you build an app for those people you can't test them on those people first of all that's that's not gonna happen because then you never know what the effect is gonna be so you need to first of all like have something on paper think about it test 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 so before they they are done testing that that takes years before because there's so many things like like i mean i don't really have a psychological problem but i'm sure there are so many things you need to think about before you actually let someone go into VR and it will help them in a way. Like we're talking about like the, yeah. like the extreme kind of things, you know, like if you're in a wheelchair, then yeah, of course you can fly and you can, you know, things like that. But if you got like a serious problem and you're in a wheelchair and you're like kind of screwed up, then, uh, you know, so that's what people are working on here in Holland, at least it's very basic. It's very basic, but they are getting there. Like let's say the VR healthcare isn't that far yet. And I think that if healthcare, like, uh, um, kind of joins up with the gaming side, uh, it, they can, like, really exchange, like, information as well, you know? Because they're, like, my brother I, as I think well, you'd he... be
2: surprised, though. I think you'd be surprised with uh, with how much that they're uh, allowed to test on uh, on those kind of people. Because you need to understand that for a lot of those people, they don't see uh, any other solution, so anything they can yeah. try, they will grasp that with two hands. And if that's a, a traumatic mm-hmm. a traumatic experience or whatever, they will still still take that risk. I mean, you need to imagine that, uh, just, I mean, if you have a physical disease, like for example, cancer, you will literally do everything, every experimental treatment that you can get, you'll probably take, if it has even the slightest chance yeah. of, uh, of making you better. And yeah. if it makes you worse, well, I mean, how much worse can it get? That's how a lot yeah. of those people reason. Yeah. And of course, I mean, uh, you have gradations in that, but you have people, I mean, I myself, I work with people with obsessive compulsive disorder, and you have people who are so far in that disease that they literally, they don't have a life anymore. They, they, they are so conflicted in, within themselves and so distraught, and so that their life is, is nothing, is, it's worth nothing to them. Huh? and they go severe brain surgery which has a, which has a risk of of leaving them uh, as a completely disabled which could kill them but they take that risk because they see their life okay. at the moment yeah. not
1: as a as a as something valid yeah but i also think those people that that say like hey i want uh, you can test this on me is of course very useful but i'm sure there are yeah. also uh, things where they can't just test it because it will you know affect those people in a way mm-hmm. that so yeah, but I think it's gonna take well. But on the other side, like my brother went to a few companies, and they they do kind of know like the basics. But l- let's say from like a gaming perspective, uh, they can also yeah, yeah, yeah. get a lot of inputs and stuff like that, you know. And uh, yeah. yeah, we'll see how that that is going
3: to like evolve in a way. But it's it's yeah. good to uh, like like keep an eye on that. Yeah, very. You're saying kind of the input output side because you you need to before especially for the complex array of 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 issues you can have in the mental space right i mean the amount of uh challenges you can have there what you inject and what you put them what you uh yeah. put them through yeah you know you don't know what the outcome is going to be so that's your your comment about it taking years to develop a solution that's yeah. that's reliable and something you can trust you're not going to do do more damage mm. yeah Rowdy's you, you got a good point about saying that people are willing to kind of grab whatever um yeah. before we just move on to the next piece i would just say that um There was one title that I did, and if you get the opportunity to do it on gear, uh, I would recommend it. But in terms of a a stressful experience, it was worth going through. Uh, The level of stress going through it, I think, was quite high. So if you don't like that kind of thing, then stay away from it. It was called Dispatch, and I mentioned it, I think, on one of our past shows. But Mm -hmm. it puts you through as if you're a 911 operator, and so you're hearing an emergency scene, but it puts you in the scene. Like for instance, the one that got me very strongly was it was a woman and trapped in this in this room and she's phoning up to say that this man's trying to assault her and 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 probably looking to kill her or, or something like that, and it's quite intense. Like it is intense to the point where I don't think I'll forget that scene for years, you know. And that's why it brought me to thinking back about I don't know Resident Evil and getting chopped in half in that game. I mean, there there are things that you end up remembering as memory and not just as oh that was a movie I watched, that was a game I played because yeah. you went through it in VR.
0: Yeah. yeah, I'll have to check that dispatch one out. That sounds quite interesting. Is that um, on Steam, or is that oh. So that is
3: Gear VR, Gear VR. only. Gear VR, um, okay. Which is why I said, because usually the Gear VR platform, I find to be very restricted in terms of what it can do, and the uh, evocation of, of feeling and emotion in you. Yeah. But I was really impressed by that. I don't know if um, Dispatch is coming to PCVR, but if you get the opportunity, absolutely check that out. Yeah,
0: very, very interesting. And kind of moves us nicely onto another segue, which is uh, an up-and-coming application called Scalpel VR. Kind of links us in nicely with the kind of medical world of VR applications. So this is an application that can actually help train doctors uh, to become sort of surgeons and um, actually complete operations in VR. So it's not like kind of like a surgeon simulator where it's kind of a bit like cartoony. This is like deadly serious stuff. So just be warned that kind of the, some of the clips that we might show you might make you feel a bit uncomfortable so feel free to like just look away for a little bit they're not like really extreme but you just want to give you that kind of warning uh for for audio listeners it's kind of like a little um, video showing uh the mechanics of this kind of application and it's a guy working on a um, a dead mouse <laughs> so there you go but basically scalpel vr is uh, developed by a guy called K he's a a poster. what was that it's, it's a, a rat. rat oh, okay, yeah. sorry, not a, not a mouse. It's a rat. Uh, yeah. But this guy, Kay, uh, is a, a postdoc uh, researcher at the Imperial College of London's uh, Department of Surgery and Cancer. So this guy is, like, seriously legit. Um, and this app is for the Oculus Rift, HTC Vive, and Windows Mixed Reality headsets. And... Um, Scalpel VR allows you to take the scalpel in hand and attempt to make accurate incisions into flesh. So what he's kind of done in this application is kind of replicate. <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> you said accurate
3: and I'm seeing I'm, I'm I'm him rip the rat yeah, in I'm Jesus trying to watch this sorry. as well
0: now. It's, it's, uh, it's very useful that's for sure but it's uh, yeah I'm, I don't know <laughs> so so that's that's kind of what he's working on like maybe this is very yeah. very early days yet but what what he's kind of simulating is like you know obviously with, with flesh you know and, and skin you kind of got to cut into it a certain way and things mm. kind of you know the way you make the incision is very important yeah. um, and obviously like you say you can have uh, you can do the, the autopsy on a dead rat as well for example but it's yeah. not just about using a scalpel as well like he's also developed a surgical thread simulation for the suturing Uh, that allows you to tie uh, the cuts back up post-procedure. So um, I just kind of feel like this is kind of like a really interesting way of of, of training because I'd imagine doctors at the moment probably use like uh, pig skin or something similar uh, to practice... Cutting and and and, uh, and suturing on. Uh, I'm not 100 percent sure on that, but that's my best guess. Uh, but this is kind of like uh, an interesting way to to practice without having to keep on, you know, buying these like dead animal carcasses and practicing on those. Um, so yeah, it's uh, it's the final application will yeah. sort of release with a full range of different surgeries that you can complete uh, uh, with instructions allowing you to practice each procedure carefully. Yeah. So there we have it. Scalpel. Oh, this cool. is This going to be <laughs> yeah, saleable
3: So are we going to be able to buy this? I have no
0: idea. I have no idea, actually. There's no real uh, information in terms of where you can get this from. I don't think it's going to be available on Steam VR. I think no. it's going to be, like, one of those things that just I for mean, the like, medical world. I mean,
1: imagine if, if NVIDIA, for example, like, lets their industri- industrial, like, video uh, cards and stuff like that just uh, do the thing. Then you got, like, really nice physics-based uh, stuff you can do, you know? So this is, like, I watched the video. True. It's kind of, well, I mean, that's not my uh, cup of tea, but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, it's It looked kind of basic, but I think that this can be very, very cool because, I mean, computers are really smart nowadays, so, yeah. Uh, but also, like, I think getting feedback from new controllers, like future controllers, is going to help a lot as well. Like, if you don't mm. really get the feedback, like, I, I mm. think that if, if I would have, like, a rat, I'm not going to go into details, don't worry. But if I would have, like, a little knife thing, then you, you feel like a, a little bit of a farce too, right, when you do that. So mm. I hope that's also going to, like, this is kind of basic,
3: but you know what I mean?
2: Mm. Yeah. yeah. But I actually
3: know. think the I think this is going to wet the palate of insurance providers. This ties back to something I said a couple of weeks ago uh, when we were talking about driving and virtualized driving. So the same thing is true in the medical industry. Like lawsuits and people dying on the table is a huge deal for doctors these days. I mean, you can, you can spend 10 years, you know, and then one patient dies and boom, there goes your ability to operate having something like this as that training block and Mike to your point not having a real live cadaver being able to take those baby steps and learn the skill first on a technical basis and then trial it the closer they bring those two together um, Mm. I think it will have real ramifications for as I said insurance firms who are wanting the assurance that the person behind the driving wheel or the person behind the scalpel knows what they're doing yeah
0: yeah that's right it'd be interesting actually if they combine something like this with the dispatch experience that you mentioned so you're, you're you're operating but under this immense pressure of everything that's going on around you so imagine this like say if you're you did that but like for medical uh, medics i mean uh, military medics for example like say you had a, a medic training So you have to do this procedure, but whilst it's happening, there's like a war zone going on around you and there's like uh, shouting from your colleagues and teammates that you need to get out of there, for example. You can almost simulate a battlefield experience to put you under that that, that stress. So then when it does come to maybe doing it in the real world, you're kind of like you're ready for it in, in a way. So that would be interesting as well, right? Yeah, indeed.
2: And the thing is, I mean, I, I myself I do this quite often. I mean, I uh, I work with with rats and with mice and uh, all kinds of animals. Uh, so this this I do what you just saw in the video. I do that quite often. Uh, but the thing is, uh, a lot of that is tactile, tactile force, tactile feedback, like Nati said as well. And I think this is a great first step to get like people. Uh, a little bit more comfortable with the fact that they're gonna be caught in open, uh, a live rat or a, uh, or a dead rat for that matter, um, depending on the research that you're doing, I guess. But um, yeah. the thing is that you will never be able, well, never never say never, of course, but within the coming years, won't be able to like replace like the real thing. You will still need to get that, that real tactile feedback. Every rat is a bit different, yeah. um, but as, as a first step, learning how to do this knowing you know where is what located for example if you need to get the liver out or you need to get whatever out then mm. you, it is nice to get that in a, in a more visual way than just from a textbook i think so as a learning platform uh, i think it's it's useful but you will still need to practice on on at this point in time at life or dead animals
1: i think the hardware is just got... not far enough for this yet mm. that's basically what you're no. saying as well yeah yeah
3: well the tactile side is something like anytime you push a button in vr and feel that disappointment uh actually what i've found has been successful just to touch on it really quickly is where i think like i saw rec room some of their recent gui changes are that if it's a depressible button in other words you're pressing it but it doesn't it's not like touch it here It it, it, it like has like a push to it and you feel tactile feedback as you're traveling through the button i find that's very good and the second thing i've seen in only a small number of games is where it's not your hands touching something but you pick up something that then touches the thing so you're not expecting to feel it and that feels great so those two options really work but i was going to ask you guys a question because it's fun to see uh as we all get to know each other better um who here has dissected something and if so what uh, no. <laughs> no? There's nothing in the, like, the, the UK education system that says you have to dissect a, you know, a fish or something? No. Never? Okay. so do you have part like of your meme.
4: job? Uh,
2: I, I've dissected, uh, rats, mice, rabbits, uh, fish, crabs, worms, a human brain, um... Human brain? Whoa. Yeah. Um chicken
3: that's nasty that's so nasty
2: chicken yeah.
3: um <laughs> jesus because there was like i never had to do it thankfully but uh my high school back in the states um like the senior project was you ended up you you graded up you went worm fish you know like that and you ended up with a cow at the end and you did a did a cow as a class or something like wow. that. what about nathan what about where you are no but
1: Anything I, like, like as, as I said before, like, over here, they see it as a meme. Like, you see all kinds of shows where they're, like, uh, school kids in America, and they have, like, the frog, you know, like, the, the, the classic frog. They need to do stuff with that. But no, over here, that's not really... But, I mean, I'm sure that if someone at our school had the input to say, like, hey, I want to do this, then the teacher would actually say, like, yeah, sure, uh, we can do that, not for the whole class, but if someone was, like, really interested in like I'm learning really about that
2: an open teacher but let's
1: say if i could pick something to to like research i would go for a brain too i mean that must be very interesting seems so cool yeah that yeah. that's kind of yeah. cool seems i mean really chickens and stuff down. yeah no thank you but a brain okay yeah that's kind of cool i like <laughs> that it's, it's the
2: nastiest it's thing that i've done just because you know it's human that's already uh, yeah that that's a huge yeah, well, a huge uh huge thing and it's also <laughs> it's so because when you see like a brain like movies all like flubbery and stuff, but it's so rigid, but it's cut so smooth. It's so weird. It's, it's so weird. Yeah.
0: Did you ever have to dissect anything, Austin? In obviously being from the States.
4: Well, most people do. Um, like for instance, what he was talking about, most people do dissect a frog. Like yeah. that's, almost, <laughs> that's something that just about anybody here has done. But yeah. for whatever reason, I never had to. So I I don't have that same experience. Yeah, you're not missing much. A horrible smell of formaldehyde is all you're missing. <laughs> okay, sorry. Yeah,
3: another one of Zim's side jumps. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Oh, I think we. Oh, there he's back.
0: Um, so yeah, oh, I'd be interested yeah, in the in, a, in, a, in, a, in the chat what you guys uh, think of this and kind of, I think we're kind of done with the kind of medical VR stuff now, you know, ending it on a bit of a gruesome note, but uh, it is very, very interesting. We could talk about this for hours, uh, but I'd Definitely. be interested to know what you guys think of this uh, and then we can kind of move on to some uh, other topics and some games as well, because I'm sure that's probably what you guys are going to be interested in. Uh, yeah. So if you've got any comments or questions for Rowdy being the the, the brain surgeon that you is, uh, then chuck them in the comments. Uh, we'd, we'd love yeah. to know. I
3: was so worried that someone was going to come in and be like, does he work in a restaurant? I don't want to <laughs> <do it." laughs> yeah. So it's like the Indiana Jones monkey brains, you know. Like type <laughs> exactly. <this way. laughs>
0: yeah. I think that the two, like, things you should check out is, like,
1: uh, you know, if you're interested in getting, like, a peek into that kind of stuff. Like, uh, the lab, for example, has, like, uh, that scanner you can yeah. use. That's really cool. I like that and also there's one that was an oculus home i forgot like the name you fly through the the neuro system or something in like a yeah. spaceship and it's yeah. kind of interesting in a way like let's say i was never really interested in like the human body in a way it's kind of boring from a textbook perspective but like bring it to education where you fly through like uh someone's eye and get into like their brain and stuff like that, like in a spaceship, stuff like that. It's really cool. That's really nice. Mm. So I think that that has a future as
0: well for kids Mm. because a textbook, you know, with images, ah, doesn't do it for me at least. That's kind of the way I see VR in the future for for education is that the kids will be all wearing headsets in a way that the teacher can take them on a a virtual tour of the human body. Bit like Rick and Morty. What is it? Anatomy Park? (laughs) And they can go on Pirates of the Pancreas and, and have a great time. And there's actually a new one that, <laughs> that got released.
1: It got released like this week on Oculus Home, and uh, there you can like experience how it is to be born or something. Wow. Uh,
3: yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's a fun YouTube video. Yeah, I, I didn't realize until we went through it ourselves and had kids, but um, there are live birth videos on YouTube. So if you ever have a free afternoon oh, and you really wow. are interested, then you're uh, really hungry. Wow. Well, so you can come back next week and thank you. You have you're seen out. it live oh.
2: happen.
1: Yeah. Okay. All right. well, it must be
0: creepy, then. So, uh, any comments in the chat from any of our viewers uh, about any of the medical stuff? Or should we move on to our next topic? A
2: trip to Uranus. A trip to Uranus, yeah. <laughs> Uranus, yeah. Okay. That it's means... like the
3: magic school bus, though, right? I don't know if you guys got that in the UK, but like when I was growing up, we had this uh, series of books, I think it was, and also a cartoon episode. That was the magic school bus and they'd you know you'd shrink down it's kind of like honey i Shrunk the kids that old 80s film or 90s film uh where you shrink down there's like tiny size microscopic and you go through mm-hmm. the veins and all that and you learn what osmosis is and you learn about mitosis and all this all these kind of different biological things going on kind of like what nathan was saying actually back in the dk2 days and even now on the oculus uh home store loads Of free experiences where you can actually educate yourself and learn 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 quite a lot and also that whole field trip aspect there was something I don't think it's available anymore called 6000 moons which was talking about the trash the amount of rubbish that we've got surrounding the planet and just orbiting Mm -hmm. like dead satellites busted up pieces of rockets all that kind of stuff and it it went through the different layers of the onion in terms of how much garbage is up there and how dangerous that is actually. Anytime they put another, you know, another another one up, very interesting. So six thousand moons. If anyone's able to find that and get it compatible with like the CV one, really worth doing.
2: Yeah. yeah.
3: So interesting, interesting.
2: Yeah.
3: So
0: yeah, what we'll do is we'll move on then to the next topic, and that is um, a VR Guinness World Record has been broken, and that is for a thirty-six hours in VR. So, uh, a fellow by the name of Jack Mcnee recently broke the world record and entered the Guinness Book of Weco- Records for the longest time in VR. He was using a HTC Vive, and Jack played uh, a game, one game solidly for 36 hours. Tilt Brush. So, uh, well, I say a game, it's more of, like, an experience. Thanks, Sim. Uh, so, <laughs> I had to. when
3: I read that, I was like, "Fuck, it. Yeah, Come on. Yeah.
0: But, like, <laughs> I suppose if you had to be in one application, like, well, I don't know what I would choose, but... Okay, he chose tilt brush. He, he entertained himself by like uh, creating uh, Rick and Morty couch and the Simpsons couch and Adventure Time avatars uh, and stuff couch. like that. Oh. Yeah, couches. He loved couches. Uh, and throughout the session, he collected donations for the Reach Foundation for helping children. So that is kind of cool. That's really um, cool. And uh, so Bro actually has some experience of doing like really long sessions in VR. Like you've actually done like a a live marathon, right? Uh, where <laughs> yeah. you've you've spent many many hours in VR. <laughs> Um, so how would you find doing this amount of time in Tilt Brush, for example,
4: 36 hours? Well, I did 24 hours, but I was doing a ton of different games, and one of them, to be fair, was Tilt Brush. But to be honest with you, I think the biggest thing with going on that long is the fact that, like, you're standing and moving around... For such yep. a long period of time your legs really hurt like in ways that you probably haven't felt before it's really strange you know when you're trying to maneuver and stand for that long you end up having like these really really terrible feelings in your legs so i'm actually impressed that he was able to you know tilt brush might not be the most impressive game per se but it you'll be moving or at least standing the entire time i imagine you know unless you're crouching or are like trying to get some kind of certain things. So I will say that mm. that sounds very impressive for him to be able to do that. It's yeah. just a yeah. very long time to do anything, honestly. Yeah. yeah.
0: I, saw, I saw videos of, of people feeding him pizza. Like he didn't even take the headset off for food, which was pretty impressive. Um, oh. So I wonder if anyone here does anyone here fancy trying to break that record? Maybe.
2: No. <laughs> but wait, wait! Did I, he, did he think... do it standing or did he do it sitting? Because I just looked nah, up a picture, and he's sitting, sitting in a
0: sitting. chair. So there was there was periods where he was sitting as well. So I don't think yeah. it's required that you stand. As long as you're in the headset for thirty six hours, I don't think it really matters.
3: But it's also I want to know how he did the bathroom breaks because I, I yeah. haven't looked into it in that much depth. But I'm really curious. Like, did someone have his Vive cables? He no, jogs over like... to a toilet, and people are like, don't watch me, guys. They, <laughs> the, the
1: old school buckets. That that's what they did, as far as I know. So yeah.
3: See, yeah, because actually, say, claiming that you've been in, like, bro, right? Bro will say, I did a marathon for 24 hours. I suspect you had, like, a water break, or, you know, you did come out in and out, and you're going through all those titles. I did 16. That's the most I've ever done. Um, I did that twice. And 16, for me, was, like, my tangible limit. So even doing a day in it, that's rough. Uh, but I think gaming for that long, even if you're sitting down playing Counter-Strike, like, that's not easy without falling asleep in the chair. So, I also think that it's dangerous, you know, trying to push exactly. those boundaries. You can die. Yeah. You can actually just die, and there are gamers who have died. Even at, like, what you think, like, 32 hours, that's not too bad. People can die, right, in that period, because you are stressing your body, you're stressing your heart. Be careful, right? If you're going to really push that stuff, know what you're doing.
2: Yeah. Also, bro, didn't you get, like, some something over your face as well? Since you had,
4: like, some uh, some trouble there? One of the things that ended up happening was for an entire week after that, my the skin here was, was just peeling away constantly. Basically, wow. what, I, what I tried to do, because I had a feeling this would happen, is I was constantly applying uh, moisturizer to my face, but it didn't matter. It, it made no difference. Yeah, it was really bad, honestly. <laughs> it was so bad. Wow, that is legit, man. <laughs> so, like, uh, just
0: a fun question then for you guys, like, if you had to choose one application that you would spend like thirty-six
3: hours in, what would it be? Dread Halls. Dread Halls. I could play that game until the cows come home. Most I ever did was uh, seven hours of that straight. Dread Isn't that like Dreadhalls. Isn't that like a horror game?
0: Horror yeah. game. It is. Are you crazy? You literally do want to die and be a, <laughs> yeah. a heart, have a heart attack. Uh, what about you other guys? What would you choose? Like I what what I think, like first, I was like, maybe I want to
1: challenge myself doing this, but like i'm I, I will die on stream, I'm sure I'm one of those persons that is like <laughs> lucky enough to like, I will be famous though, if I die in VR that's cool, but yeah, like I, I don't care anymore if it happens then, but i can't I can't <laughs> enjoy it, let's say it like that. but um, uh, the thing that uh, I would be interested in is like I go to sleep. With a VR headset on, okay, and I just just I keep it on, and then when I wake up, I wake up in in like a like a social app where people are like standing around, like hey, what are you doing, you know? And then you wake up in some kind of like universe yeah. with with random yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. You're like, yeah, well, good morning, <laughs> you know? Like I just woke up in like a forest with weird people. Fun stuff. So that's what
3: I would love to do. (laughs) That sounds cool, actually. uh, Yeah, like wake up in like a world
1: where multiplayer people are just just hanging around. Yeah, yeah, I like that.
3: Uh, Cool. I think think
2: for me it would be like I don't know, like some of the upcoming games, maybe like I don't know, like Skyrim, Fallout, something that can pique my interest for long enough. That yeah. would be uh, very nice, like, role play that, like, legit, Rowdy, where you just, you know, you camp
1: at one spot where I'm it's almost stopping getting the night. the apocalypse. Uh... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, man. Yeah, man. And then you hear yeah. ghouls while you're sleeping, and then you need to, like, wake up because you need to grab your gun. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, that.
0: That, would, that would be cool. Like like you say, if you set up a little campsite where it's quiet, but, yeah. you know, you, you left the headset on and actually did go to sleep, and then, like, you say the ghouls are coming to attack you, you have to wake up and attack them. That would be brilliant. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Um, What's your answer to that, Mike? I don't know, like, uh, probably, well, I really want to play from from other sons right now, so that would be my choice, because I just really want to play that game, and I haven't had time this week to play that game. Um, So, yeah, I'm desperate to play it. So I guess right now that would be my choice, because I think it's got a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of variety in it with this procedurally generated levels, and so it wouldn't be so repetitive. Uh, But we'll see. Like, I haven't actually tried it yet, so um, we'll see. Uh, bro, do you still have uh, that picture
2: because uh, if you can send it to me, then I'll I'll show it to the stream as well Which if you're, one? Of
4: your fla- flaky face <laughs> Oh, I'm sure I have a picture somewhere in my phone I'm just not sure where it would be and I'd have to like scroll through to try and find it uh, Okay, okay cool. Yeah, so none of you guys fancy breaking this record then?
0: No, nah. no, anyone in the chat uh, reckon that's... they can they can do this? Oh, it would be interesting to see if anyone reckons they can top yeah. this one in the chat There's uh, always some brave people out there that are like, "Yeah, I could smash this." Um, But yeah, maybe we could get that guy on the show one day as a guest and and talk to him about his experiences. That might be quite interesting as a guest on the show. That'd be neat.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. This kind of raises the bar, doesn't it? There's going to be someone who tries now to uh, because like, let me VR in different places. Like VR under the sea, VR on the moon, VR jumping from. Who was that German fellow who jumped from like the edge of space? Oh, Remember his oh name? yeah,
0: uh, Blaukamp,
3: yeah, yeah. was it, or something like that? Blaukamp? Be- Felix Baumkamp, yeah, whatever his, his name was, like, uh, you know, VR helmet from, like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. People are going to try crazy things now, because the second one person has their name in the Guinness World Record book, other people yeah. are like, oh, I want to get in there. Yeah, yeah, so, it would yeah, be nice was... to be in there.
0: <laughs> uh, <laughs>
3: Baldest VR user ever. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. So uh, while the, the chat is chatting away, I'll move on to the next topic, which is uh, Moss in, on the PSVR. So this is a, a cool game for the PSVR, and the PSVR obviously recently updated. They, they kind of reiterated their version of the PSVR in a way, so you kind of got this new version of it. And it ships with a new demo disc full of uh, experiences you can try. Uh, it sort of has great titles on there like E! Valkyrie. Job Simulator raw data thumper uh, all on this dem- demo disc so you can check out the demos and then figure out if you want to buy these full titles or not uh, but you can also download this demo disc for free on the PlayStation store so if you've got a PSVR I'd urge you to go and download that now because also on the disc is moss and uh, it's, it's quite an interesting game. You play uh, a little mouse, unless Rowdy's going to correct me again and say he's a rat, but I think he's a mouse. <laughs> um, <laughs> but it's a PlayStation exclusive, uh, where I think the mouse's name is Quill. I think that's his name. And uh, yep. looking at the trailer, it kind of reminds me of Chronos uh, in a way, because it's a third-person third, third person view. Yep. Uh, I think Zim has checked this game out before uh, a show. Is that right?
3: Yep, yeah, that's right. So I tried it at EG Yanks this year, and... Um, I think your your comparison to, to Kronos is quite on, on point. You're a little bit closer to the character. Uh Quill appears, you know, like a pipsqueak like that size or so on, you know, in the in the environment. And you're you're kind of jumping around and then the camera changes position every so often. So it's kind of fixed scene, get from point A to point B, and then the scenes change. So very much like Kronos in that way. Mm-hmm. And the thing that stood out to me about Moss, first the character that's designed in the animations really solid just there you can tell this has been on like demo floors for like the last two years so it is a solid it is a solid game they have polished those animations down and the sound design and the landscapes were really really like really impressive the lighting for me was the thing that um probably gripped me the most so i'm curious about playing a game that's maybe a bit more polished than like a lucky's tale um, that is a platformer that takes it from one place to another. But the character design, the way he battles, the way when you fight like a scarab or something and the the, the decompartmentalization of the enemy as they, as they fall apart, those are all really nice positives. We'll see what does it deliver in terms of length. But I think in terms of performance on any of the platforms it's launching on, it'll be one to watch for, for sure. So that demo disc is something I'll be playing tomorrow live and I think it's going to be... Uh, it's going to be fun to run through it again, you know, at home instead of on a show floor. Yeah, definitely.
0: Yeah, right? yeah it's one of those titles that I don't, I don't often get jealous, really, of some of the exclusives from PlayStation. Like, obviously, Resident Evil 7 was a big one, right? But this is kind of one of those ones that really has me, like, jealous because it looks like such a nice, chilled out, mm-hmm. tranquil game in a way. You know, very different from everything else I've been playing right now. Kind of frantic shooters. It'd be kind of nice just to relax a little bit and play something so- like this. But i also i'm not sure i i haven't played it
1: but i i've watched some gameplay of it before it's like it's not only you you are like let's say lucky still for example got like a touch support so you were just standing there controlling the character but you weren't a part of the the game well as far as i know this one you're some kind of ghost person that can interact a bit as well and you can also help the the Maybe quill out a bit. I'm not sure if that's possible. But you you can see like the reflection of yourself in the water, for example. Uh-huh. You can see like little glowing like uh, move controllers. So yeah, I don't know if you know more about that, Zim. But uh... yeah, uh,
3: when when you're playing, there are things you have to do with the environment to help them along. So uh-huh. if I remember, if I'm remembering correctly, I think you, you you showed it on the reel there. There was like um almost like a burge cage cage central housing with these doors, these panels that would open. And what you had to do was rotate it and then open the panels or get Quill across to, to a gearing mechanism that would open or close. So there's kind of like a a puzzle slash platformy element to the game. And I think that's what you're referring to, Nathie, is the kind of interactivity that you have where you're helping your little yeah. character dude come through. But he actually looks like, initially you look at him and you're like, oh, he's a cute, cutesy little mouse. He actually seems a little bit badass when he's fighting <laughs> enemies and stuff. Like, he's got a cool little sword, you know? I like, this, I like his character straight off the bat. Mm. So definitely positive. Um, I'm I'm kind of curious to see what's the length of the game going to be because I think that people yeah. on online are going to have a reaction to that. If it's you know if it's like a an eight hour game, I think the reaction will be positive. If it's a two hour game, uh, I think it'll be less positive.
0: So this one uh, actually still. uses the uh, the motion controllers or like a PS four controller or both.
3: Ooh, I don't remember what I used to be yeah. honest, Mike.
0: Yeah, no, that'd be interesting. I think I think it uses both. You have options for both, I think. Um... But yeah,
3: I, I sorry, I had, I must have, I must have played it with a dual shot controller because yeah. the first time I touched Move controllers was uh, was here about a week I mean, oh, right. I mean okay. in the end, like like uh,
1: PlayStation is the only one that has like a tracked uh, uh, gamepad too. So in the end, you're doing the same as with a Move. It's just you need to be a little more creative with two hands, but in the end, it's the same kind of trick. Yeah, it's kind of sure. cool, by the way. Like like no one really talks about that, but like you get a freaking tracked gamepad. Mm. With a with a PlayStation VR, that's really really handy. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. But, Might be. but it, it's also uh, it's also janky as hell. yeah. That, me. yeah, yeah. I mean, the thing I would right. say. I mean, yeah. When you move a single light around a scene in VR, uh. like I mean, yes, you can play this way. And like Rush of Blood is playable with just a gamepad, where you have two uh, guns and they're movable like this with the analog sticks, yeah. and you move this around to kind of point where you're looking. But the tracking, if you've come from PC VR, notably different. Yeah. I'd say like a forty percent drop also, off in terms of the also tracking. It's also a little bit capability. about
2: like good game designer thing because I think like Static, for example, the yeah. tracking in that is it's it's so smart how they've done that uh, with the with the with the trackpad. I think that's yeah. so smart how they did that. Static is a
3: game that people need to know about if they've got a PSVR. It doesn't have a huge name but the quality level, it's a puzzle game where it's nah. basically escape the room and yeah. you're strapped. Your hands are like locked to, it's almost like out of the movie Saw, yeah. but it's a little mm. bit friendlier than Saw. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, Your hands are trapped to some kind of like a cube object that you're trying to rotate and figure out how do I work this out? And for every puzzle that you do, like the controller mapping is completely different for every one. Wow. And, and so the, I found that one to be really good and the ending is, yeah. is fantastic. So and if, the you, level if you do have PSVR so by static, so that's S... Yeah. So T a k i k. I did. I did a
2: role play in that in that game. When I did the videos, I, I
0: pretended I was like really stuck in that one. <laughs> that was really fun to do. Okay. That was really fun. Yeah. <laughs> LA. Okay, so uh, that is going to be Moss, and uh, obviously that's going to be released in February 2018. So if you've got a PSVR, I would definitely check out the new demo disc, which has Moss on it, and also check out, obviously, Static as well, because that sounds like a super sweet game. Um, so moving on, just very quickly, because we're running out of time a little bit, so I'm just going to touch on this last one and then take some questions from the chat. So if you've got any questions, fire them up now while we just briefly touch on this last topic, and that is uh, Nathy has got a Samsung Odyssey. So he he hasn't, you haven't tried it yet though, right? You just unboxed it. I haven't had
1: time, like I unboxed it, I checked it out what's in there, uh, but I haven't really tried it yet, but I I can show it, here it is. Um, It's not available in Europe, so it's kind of hard to get one. But uh, yeah, if you really want to have one, you can import one. But uh, yeah, interesting uh, about it is that it has uh, a microphone. The other ones uh, don't have a microphone and it has headphones too. Now I'm not sure how they sound, of course, and I'm not sure how well the microphone works, but it's there. So that's really, yeah. really interesting. And yeah, for and the rest, it, it's kind of like the same. It's a different design, but it works the same.
0: And it's got a, a manual uh, IPD adjuster, right? Is that, is it like a little uh, yeah. knob somewhere or, yeah, I think it's this one. Oh yeah. Here. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So you can adjust the, basically the lens spacing to, yeah, to suit your you own okay. eyes. Oh yeah. We can see that. Yeah. That's nice. Uh, so.
3: Nathie, what was the what was the physical form factor piece that you were you were talking about? The back head strap that looks a little bit PSVR-y uh, on the back. So uh, maybe you could just ma- could you put it on actually for yeah, a second, sure. just so we can see how it. Sure, I can put it on. How it goes because it looks very much like a PSVR in terms of its yeah. actual form factor. Yeah, right, I think it does. It's the same.
2: Yeah. But the BSVR does have a very good design, I think. In it does. terms of comfort. but does
3: this flip up? Does it actually have the ability to to flip the lens no. up? No, I think that's one of the. No, it doesn't. It's the it's know. the it's the only one I that haven't... doesn't.
1: No, well okay. that's what you don't get then.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So so there we have it. We have the. Uh... Nathy confirmed in yeah. Samsung Odyssey. <laughs> yeah, And
3: where does this, uh, this is the, the most expensive, the headsets, or am I wrong? Yeah, it's the
0: most expensive Windows Mixed Reality headset. Um, and like, and like Nathy said, it's, it's, it's the only one that isn't actually available in Europe. Uh, you have to import one from the States if you want one uh but you know as we've discussed windows mixed reality before it's the one with the highest specs in a way it's got the biggest uh, resolution out of the others it's got the same field of view as the top end windows mixed reality headsets uh, but it's the only one with built-in audio and mic which was one of my biggest criticisms of the rest of the windows mixed reality headsets so uh yeah i'll be really interested to see how you get on with this one over the next week or so nathie when you got a chance yeah. to uh, check it out yeah it looks
2: nice. So wait,
3: you've imported it, so uh, if you if you end up wanting to return it, that's going to be a little challenging. Well, I mean, uh, usually for research, I don't, re- like, return anything.
1: But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, if I would return it or there would be something wrong with it, then yes. Um, but funny enough, I will be getting another one. So uh, if, oh, yeah. if there's something wrong with this one, then, you know. Um, it's funny that I imported one, and then uh, a few days later, um, I got an email from Altspace saying, like, hey, do you want one for you know, for our uh, uh, app. So I was like, how is that gonna work? Because Mike has had one um, and it had no microphone. So we were like, how is that even gonna work? Well, there you go, it has a microphone. So uh, that's why they were just waiting for this one to come out. Um, I'm also, I I can also show the box if you guys want. I mean, I'm not sure that's- Yeah, sure, go for it, yeah. Uh, Let me
0: just grab it for a second then. Sure. And uh, while while we're waiting for Nathie to grab the box, is there any sort of questions in the chat? Maybe any questions for Nathie? Anyone want to see anything specifically about the Samsung Odyssey?
3: He won't necessarily be able to hear us now because he's out of his uh, headset, but uh, they were asking when his, when his review's coming, which I would imagine on Nathie timescales is probably sometime this week.
0: Yeah. yeah. No We've got like a... It's pretty pretty hectic schedule because like we've mentioned in a previous show just recently there's just so many titles coming out right now it is ridiculous uh, absolutely bombing I, yeah 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 there's just the,
3: the, loads of stuff the in The list
0: of VR titles for me to check out are like growing exponentially by the day and From Other Suns is right there at the top right now I'm desperate to try that game uh, so that's going to be the one I'm going to be jumping into next uh, but here's Nathie uh, with his box so we can have a quick look at yeah, the box if, it if came in
1: like a box then uh, this is it Yeah, that's nice. I mean, I opened it and it was like pretty straightforward. I had two controllers, a warranty,
0: uh, a manual and uh, the headset. It's interesting though, that it just says HMD Odyssey and it doesn't mention mixed reality on it, the box does it in any way?
3: yeah that's no, odd not, isn't it not that i know yeah
0: because i the the dell one that i had and the other ones that i see i saw all kind of used the mixed reality branding in a way to kind of advertise it on the box so maybe it's yeah. interesting that samsung dropped that but also i don't think the manual did didn't say anything about like
1: about mixed reality yeah well it does yeah okay, okay. but this half-mounted display HMD, you can enjoy the mixed reality MR by connecting it to your computer. So they really also say like mixed reality, MR, uh, right. and VR. Uh, the mixed reality reflects your movement in real life and you can simultaneously uh, share the experience with others. You can view various images, videos, web pages, or games. And uh, that's mm. about it. That's what they say at the start.
3: There's some questions here, Nathy. So, um, they're asking if the Samsung headset is is comparable with the Vive, and I guess first off, they're different platforms essentially. But um, you're you're going to be giving you're, you're going to be sharing your opinions of this. Um, when was the question? When I'm going to do that? Well, um, the thing why
1: I haven't tried it out yet is for two reasons. Like there are so many titles coming out, I have almost no time to even check out my hardware. Um, and second reason is um, so this is like the first issue uh, I encountered is that. Uh, the controllers do not, like, uh, they work together with the headset, of course, but they are connected with Bluetooth through your PC. So uh, you need to have, like, an actual, uh, like, uh, transmitter the blu- to... Bluetooth adapter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So So uh, if you don't have that, then that's your first problem already after getting very excited to give it a try. Now, as yeah. far as <laughs> I know I do have, like, uh, something like that. But I do need to look into that. So I was like, yeah, let's just uh, uh, go and uh, set it up. But it didn't tell me anything about, like, yeah, maybe you're missing this. So it's just like searching for these uh, controllers, you know, but it's not telling me like what I should really use to get these things to work. Let's say if, yeah. if you're a noob, then you don't know about that. So it yeah. was like the first uh, thing I noticed right away. And yeah, as Mike said, I mean, I haven't tried these uh, out yet, but they feel very cheap in a way, you know? Um, but again, like, um, I don't want to really compare these to the Rift or the Vive, because that's not really what they are made for. Um, and also um, you, you need to know that the Vive and the Rift, I, I said this before to you guys, like it's made for a different price. You know, this is what you get, for 400, 500 bucks, this is what you can make for that price. While the Rift and the Vive have been made for a much bigger price and are now really cheap, so mm. telling people like, "What should I buy, a Vive or you know a, a mixed reality headset or a Rift?" Then that's an easy answer. But yeah. you can you shouldn't compare them in a way. But yeah, like, yeah, as I as far as I have seen this and how it introduces itself when I open the box, it's really like a development. Uh, thing like a uh, for developers, not really. That doesn't feel like a consumer kind of thing. But it's so cool to hold like a headset and say like this is a Samsung VR headset. I mean we're so far into the future now where you can just have like a, a Samsung VR headset. So I do like <coughs> <it>. your VR. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, yeah your... but like, like, I mean, <laughs> but I know what you mean. Yeah, like, like PC wise. So that's gonna yeah. be so cool. Yeah. Everyone can just pick their own brand soon. And yeah. say, so like, okay, I like this and, and, and go for it, you know? And then there's so many. Yeah. I think that will open up the market even more where people say, like, yeah. hey, I like Samsung, I like uh, Dell, uh, whatever. I want to fax out of my uh, headset, uh, no problem.
0: But yeah, like you say. Can you, you show
2: say, the um... box one more time?
0: Sorry? Can you show the, the box one yeah, more time? Yeah, sure. Like like you said, Nathie, uh, just there, though, about the Bluetooth, like it was the same, it it mirrors the same issues that I was having when I set up the Dell initially, is because none of these headsets come with a Bluetooth dongle in the box. So you have to set up your own Bluetooth, which, you know, I had built into my motherboard, but it wasn't strong enough to connect just through my motherboard's Bluetooth. You had to uh, connect the antenna, and the antenna was in, like, my motherboard's box, which was, like, way up in the loft, so yeah. I had to dig out that box because no one uses really any Bluetooth accessories with their PC. Like, yeah. so I had to dig that thing yeah. out and then connect it, and then I finally got it working. But it's it's a it's a, it's a strange thing that they don't include this Bluetooth dongle in the box just to yeah. make that setup procedure much easier for people, especially because and they're not expensive. Exactly, and yeah. and because yeah. their whole motto is that they're designed to be easy to use for people that aren't necessarily uh, you know familiar with VR products. Yeah, that kind of just baffles yeah. me that they didn't include that in the box. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah,
0: but yeah, so uh, we'll we'll wrap up the show there because uh, we're sort of getting onto about an hour and a half now. So unless there's any yeah. other standout topic uh, uh, comments or questions in the chat, then uh, we'll wrap this the one up. The
3: only thing here, Mike, I was just gonna say because Nathan um, uh, said it. He said it. look, if you're if you're trying to decide between a Windows MR headset and you know PC VR, that the the choice is obvious. But I don't think we we've said it this episode. That actually, the PC VR market right now, with the suppressed pricing and the ease of setup out of the box, for this group, I believe. Hopefully, I'm not speaking out of turn here, but that's our choice. Yeah,
0: like the the, the you know the Rift or the
3: Vive is the clear choice right now. Is is what we're saying. Yeah,
0: you know, I, I would wait until this uh, Windows uh, market develops more. Uh, certainly, having access to the Steam VR store is a big uh, a big thing. And like I know that there's some people that have developed ways of accessing it right wait, now, Mike, but
2: I, I can't hear you. Uh, yeah. Hashtags, you're uh, uh, you're getting we... a bit funky there. He just started okay. this
0: epic speech, and then uh, it starts to
1: go funny. <laughs> is that key. better? I
0: yeah, yeah no, you're okay. fine Okay, no. yeah. so so all I'd say is uh, we'd wait. We'd wait right now. Uh, you know, stick to the stick to the the known platforms, the Rift and the Vive, and see what happens in the future. Yeah. So yeah. unless we've got anything let's else. say
1: yeah. I mean, if you're a big fan of VR and you got all the headsets, then yeah, of course you need to have this. I mean, it's just one of those collector pieces you want to have on your shelf. Like At Pokemon Go, them, you, know? you got to collect them yeah, all, no. got to catch it's them true. all, right? Um, so yeah, tip for everyone from Europe, if you want to get one and you're like one of those early adopters and you want to just try everything out that is like getting sold in America and everywhere else, uh, you can just impart it. And there are so many ways to do that. Yeah, ask your friends, you got companies doing it. Um, it is kind of expensive, of course, but uh, yeah, we don't know when it's going to come out in Europe. So you can wait those like two, three months or maybe weeks I don't know. That's the risk of like being a VR fan, you know, so But it's cool to have it here. I mean, it
0: looks nice. I like the design at least so uh, yeah Nice one. Okay guys, so we're gonna wrap it up So like uh, I said at the very beginning This is a weekly AR VR and MR talk show that is live streamed every Saturday on Nathie's YouTube channel You can tune into the show live at 4 p.m. in Europe, 3 p.m. in the U.K. and 10 a.m. in Central U.S. If you miss the podcast, you can catch up with it every Sunday where I upload the whole video to my own YouTube channel, Virtual Reality Oasis. Or alternatively, you can check out the audio only version, which is available on Google Play Music or on iTunes. So thanks again for joining us. We're having a ton of fun making this show, so I hope you guys are enjoying it too. And uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
2: See ya.